instantly go to your name. But of course, you're not your name, are you? The name is an identifier, just a pointer. Who are you? Are you the person who is so-and-so tall, such-and-such weight, such-and-such skin color, such-and-such hair color. All those things are malleable. You've been different heights. You've been different weights. I might go out to the beach today and get a sunburn. (laughs) My skin color might change. person who's had a certain set of experiences, you have certain memories, you grew up in such and such a place, you went to such and such a school, you have such and such a job. That might just begin to describe who you are, but it's not We start to dig into this question, who are you? We start to realize, I think, that there's a mystery to who you are. That there's some uncertainty, some unknowing that is there. There's some conventions that we use to fill in that question. And it's contextual. If you're at a at a cocktail party and someone asks, who are you? And you're going to start to describe yourself in relation to maybe the people who are at the party. I'm here because of so-and-so. Well, if you got that question in a government office, right? My name is blah, blah, blah. My social security number is blah, blah, blah. into the mystery of who Jesus is today as we walk with him and the the other disciples in the area of Caesarea Philippi. And as they're walking along, we hear that Jesus says to the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they begin to answer with the speculations that the crowd has had. The crowd that has surrounded Jesus has wondered who he is. They have been confronted by the mystery of his identity, and their responses are to draw back on the tradition, draw back on previous experiences. They go to the most prominent prophet, the one who had just died, and they say, we need Elijah the Baptist. I mean, that he's John the Baptist. Or they go back even further. They go, well, maybe he's Elijah. 
Jeremiah and one of the other prophets, they, they go back and they see in what Jesus is doing and in the message that he's sharing this great sense that it is tying to what God has done in the past and the prophets that God has raised up in the past. What's funny is that Jesus doesn't agree or disagree with those interpretations. He just keeps asking the question. And he specifies it now. Who, for who do you say that I am? And as we can see, Peter's answer is inspired. Peter's answer is not his own, as Jesus will say, but has been given to him. Peter's response is, you are the Messiah, the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. And that's a mouthful, right? That in and of itself is a mouthful. And Jesus says, wow, basically, you're on to something, Peter. And this isn't in something that you've manufactured. This has been something that has been given to you. says, okay, yeah, this is basically, this is something central to my identity. And I want you to hold on to this. And I want you to recognize this. And I want you to form a community around this proclamation, around this identity that you now have. Jesus uses this image of the rock, Peter means rock. So basically, Jesus is saying to Peter, you are rocky. And on this rock, I will build my church. On this declaration, on this identity, on this person here, I will build this new community this new assembly. Church means assembly. It means collective. It means community. I will build on this proclamation, this new thing. And this community, Jesus says, will be able to, re to withstand today's things, which is to say, to be able to withstand and resist the This community will point to life and new life. This kingdom, this this community will point to this kingdom of God breaking into our midst. Not something distant or far away, but instead, this community is intended to be a sign and a symbol of God's kingdom present. Community, this church is meant to point to that. Here is where healing can happen. Here is where justice can happen. Here 
here is that Jesus doesn't just take his identity and is being isolated from everything else. Rather, this identity as Christ has significance. It is communal. And more than that, cosmic. The powers of death will not prevail against it. The reign of God will be revealed within it. To say that Jesus is the Christ is the beginning of recognizing God's kingdom present in our midst, recognizing of death will not prevail against God. It's not the whole picture. Right? And we get, a, we get a glimpse of that in today's gospel lesson. Jesus says to the disciples in this strange way, don't tell people about this, that I'm the Christ. Right? Don't, don't tell people that that's who I am. It's, it's odd that he would do that. But that's because it's so easy for folks to misunderstand. And indeed, as we will see next week, as we continue this gospel lesson, Peter will fundamentally misunderstand the nature of what it means to be, for Jesus to be the Messiah. Peter has a broken notion of what Messiah means. This is not just an isolated reality, an isolated identity that is, in fact, an identity that points to the community. It is, in part, also the answer to the question, who am I? Who are you in this context, in the context of Jesus being Christ? And we see little bit of what that might mean in the letter to the Romans from Paul this week. In that letter, Paul says, you each are members of the body of Christ. That Jesus' identity is not an isolated thing, but that it is an expansive thing, that it, that it begins to include 